Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Independent Councillor Ger Carty. Good morning to you, Ger. Good morning, Al. Uh, I've spent a lot of time in the eviction ban, and I'll go back to more details from our political correspondent, Sean Defoe, in a little while. Just your view very quickly on it for the moment, Ger, as an independent councillor, and based in the Rosslare district, Jackson is in the Enniscorthy area. What's it's, your view? It's, it's lack of, again, it's a lack of capacity and it's lack of houses and. You know, we've given over a decade now to try and address this. We're very little further along the line. Uh, I don't know whether the removal of the eviction ban is going to help that. I don't think it is. But we need serious joined-up thinking in the context. Now, I wouldn't advocate for any tenant that, you know, that's not paying their rent and, and making life yeah. difficult for a landlord. Are, but, are, are but the are de- destroying the house? Are, yeah, are yeah. destroying the house. Absolutely, they need an eviction. But anyone that, that is adhering to their, their, their lease arrangement and honouring their, their payments, I think, needs to be in a different arena to yeah. someone that's breaking up a house. I mean, if Jackson got eight calls, you possibly you've been tied up with the ambulance services. But if Jackson had people crying on the phones, sure, that's scandalous. It is scandalous, Alan. And look at it, it's about the delivery of housing. I think Doctor or uh, P- uh, Father Peter McVerry said last night, you know, this needed to be an emergency response similar to that of COVID, and indeed of, of the foot and mouth. We haven't seen that. Unfortunately, we've seen a massive four point six billion budget to build these houses. But you know, if I start in the morning to build houses in Ladies Island. You know, with the best will in the world, I'll only have planning permission and the design sorted yeah. in about 18 months and it'll take me another couple of years to build those. Alright, well let's move on. Uh, we'll, we'll follow that story, keep the comments coming in. I did get a report earlier from uh, our political correspondent Sean Defoe that I'll bring to you shortly after 11 to let you know what's happening today in regards to this. But in regards to how situations have been unfolding at Wexford General Hospital, um, again this is one that I think people want us to park the political squabbling Absolutely. and work on a united front. Mm. Everybody, all parties, all volunteers bodies. I, I, I was in uh, council chambers last Friday, or Saturday I should say, I was blown away by what I saw there Jerry. the unified, joined up thinking, fabulous stuff. First of all, most important how are we, where are we and when it comes to A&E, what's happening? Um, Alan, I suppose from last, from the initial fire to today and I think from Thursday to now has been quite difficult for the management of uh, Wexford General Hospital and none more so than Linda O'Leary she's probably one of the finest public servants in the country and we're very fortunate to have her and indeed her team um, it's a, it's currently I suppose a response now to get the hospital back up and running and it's about the delivery of acute care to the people of Wexford and that's my job and indeed the management team of the National Ambulance Service so we've we've worked tirelessly over the last number of days to put in extra resources, you know, to try and get, to, to backfill that deficit that we have now because we're transferring into Waterford, Dublin and St. Luke's. Just to give you, I suppose, a picture where we we're about 16% longer now in our, in our average response times because of the, uh, the lack of ED services. But... I think if you look at Wexford General, it's not a building and it's not a facility and it's, it is a healthcare setting, but I think it's the very heartbeat of Wexford and none more so than Wednesday the most evening. most important infrastructure in County yeah, Wexford. One of the most important pieces of infrastructure. Would you not agree? The most important? The, the most important piece of infrastructure in County Wexford and I think that 
you know, the, the statutory and voluntary and everyone that was involved in, in Wednesday night and will continue to be involved in the coming weeks and months are there for the right reasons to get our, uh, you know, healthcare facility back up and running and hopefully in a better place even than it was prior to the fire. How close are we? Because when I was last speaking to Linda, when she spoke to the, the Assembled Press last Friday, she said uh, our A&E would return as soon as it is safe to do so. So yeah. have, have we I any update? Th- Alan, this is about patient safety. I, I was at a management meeting yesterday with the with the hospital and the National Ambulance Service and we're, you know, it went on for nearly two hours with consultants, etc. And there, there's a massive amount of work to be done in relation to getting wards back up. It's about capacity, you know, the, the capacity is probably 50% less than it was. It's about building in, you know, indoor corridors that that both the builders and indeed the clinical setting can work beside each other. It's about, you know, getting all the tech, some of the best and the top technical services people in the HSE are on site at the moment. And it's their job to get a project team, to have a project team together. They'll be there to, to rebuild and put all those facilities together. But Linda is correct in what she said. It has to be done safely. We can't have a situation where you know, you're presenting and the appropriate diagnostics, etc., are not available. You know, right. ICU, the ICU at the moment, I think it, it, they're waiting to put in an internal corridor into it to allow for both um, the, the builders and indeed the clinical setting also. Right. So it's, it's a mammoth task. Have you um, any idea, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but I, I'm sure if I don't ask Alan, the question, this is, this is so have you any idea of when our A&E will be back? Th- this is so fluid at the moment that we have put in from our side, we have 24-hour advanced paramedics on response vehicles. We have 24-hour community paramedicine. We have extra crews. We have uh, there's aeromedical support available to us. We have uh, we have assistance from um, ambulance uh, areas across the region supporting us. You know our ambulance is coming out of Dublin. Are being protected to get back to Wexford to to respond to calls. That's that's our side of the house, yeah. and it's our job, and it's, it's my job, and the book stops at me in relation to the delivery of that. But we also but the have hospital, the, the yeah. ED. Yeah. I just come into that. The yeah. ED need you can't walk into an ED, get a chest pain, um, be treated, and not right. have a coronary care unit. Right. We probably the best scenario in in the short to medium term may be a minor injuries unit. That that'll be a decision of the management team of Wexford General and Ireland East Hospital Group. Yes. But they have been supported unbelievably by Waterford, by Luke's, by Dublin, St Vincent's. But this is going to take time and it has to be done in Any a Any idea of when, George? Like we have to have certification in Are we talking about oxygen. a week or ten days or what are we talking about? Alan, I can't commit to that. Yeah. Um, and it, it wouldn't be right for me to speak on behalf of Linda O'Leary. She's the, she is the manager of the hospital. But what it, it is a, it's a fluid situation and we'd hope to have news, you know, in the next week of a plan. Well, we, we're planning at the moment. Yes. But... I'm not in a position to announce anything, but what we have to do is we have to deal with the fluid situation that we have at the moment, put the backfill the resources in the context of how we deliver safe care. We've enhanced the care doc system. Uh, We've enhanced the the National Ambulance Service response and the GPs will play a key role in this. But as for the ED, I can certainly give you commitment that ED will open. Wexford General will be fully operational again. And if you were to ask me, when will everything be back to normal? away from the ED separately, I would say probably six months. We are working tirelessly to to get a facility in place, uh, not to fully replace the ED, but certainly to, to start the, the chapter of Are you on. fearful in any way because no, you were around in 2010-2011 and I put it to the Taoiseach as well that they could try to dilute our emergency department? Well Alan I don't 
I don't think that is the case. I think there's an unequivocal support and commitment from the Taoiseach, the Minister for, for Health, the government in general, the, the, the local uh, minister, and indeed the Oireachtas members in Wexford. There was, yes, I remember 2010. It's a good job that they didn't do what they had planned on doing that time. But if you look at Wexford, 165,000 people boosting to about 190,000 in the summer period with all the people coming down for their holidays. The next decade, we're looking at nearly... 200,000 people. We have to have a state-of-the-art facility. Okay. As I alluded to on your on your programme, and it's, this is not political, the the um, emergency legislation that was used in the context of COVID would be helpful and supportive in, right. in the delivery of 96 beds to Wexford Jenner. But, but today's issue is, is getting those beds in Wexford Jenner that are there now operational, open with, and with the view then to, to support and Right. the fully operational emergency uh, department. And you mentioned and Ireland East and Caroline Cohn and Gerard Rennick and the team have been very open yeah. and transparent with us as has Linda O'Leary. So I mean we'll go back to them. But, but I think Alan, I don't have to go back to them because no, they're, they're keeping it, us up this to This isn't about you know keeping information from the media. This isn't about, we've policies and procedures and how we do that and as you say Gerard Rennick is, is there. Well, they're up to da- they keep us up to date they regularly. Keep, they keep yeah, up to date. Every it's, day. About, it's important that the people of Wexford know that the most, the most important key piece of infrastructure in the county what the status of it is but what I would say if if the people uh, the, the population of Wexford can be patient we will get to them it we may it may take us a little bit longer but we're we're there to deliver the best possible acute services we have back we have put in resilience now to help and support that and we'll do our level best to get the ED open as soon as ever is possible in a safe manner right um, before I conclude uh, your own service the ambulance service like uh, uh, we've spoken at length about all the various services and I haven't spoken to you Jerry. I've spoken to the Order of Malta and the Civil Defence and met a lot of them on Saturday but to your own service because the, the work that was done on the night mm. and you you were actually in Liverpool yeah, you, you made yeah. your way back of all the, the times you've been to I brought my son to it yeah? Yeah. Uh, to, to a Liverpool match but when you look at it I think it's important to recognise the contribution of the National Ambulance Service the staff of Wexford General but also the auxiliaries and private ambulance service that you know arrived from all over the country to, to Wexford General that yeah. night I suppose what, what helped it was that we didn't have a mass casualty incident we had an evacuation situation and we trained very hard in relation to major emergency planning the three statutory agencies the HSE the Angardashi Akana and the local authority and we train for these every eventuality we train in Rossler Europort, Nitrofort and Ross, Coca-Cola factories. Uh, so this is this is a thing that's done on a regular basis, right. three and four times a year. And but what, what I would say is on behalf of the National Ambulance Service, I want to thank uh, all the staff. Uh, I sent a message. At, I received a call from the control room at 10 to 4 that evening. I activated the off-duty. 20 of those paramedics and advanced paramedics from Wexford came in off-duty. There was 60 National Ambulance Service staff in that in the curtilage of that building uh, for probably 16 hours. We had uh, private ambulances. We had uh, Order Malta Red Cross, a civil, a civil defence, all supporting us. And you know, it's a it's a. I suppose it's a it's a proud day to be involved in those in those um, yeah. services, and I'd like to thank. Thank you very much. Uh, that was a paramedic and ambulance officer uh, here at Wexford and Councillor Jerk Harty. Southeast Radio's morning mix: chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran.